everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of our Real Page Turner with Mara Maros and Donnie Granza. Hi, Donnie. Hello, Mara. It is good to be back. Uh, yes. And recording another episode here. Yeah, uh, and we have kind of a, a fun one today. Yeah, this is a little different to take off. Um, I actually, I know if you've l- listened to our podcast, you know, Mara usually kicks it off and talks about the book, and then I come in with the movie, but we reversed it a little. So I'm going to start off with talking about the movie. It is the 1989 uh, classic comedy film, Weekend at Bernie's. It was directed by Ted Kotcheff and written and written by Robert Klein, and it stars uh, Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman as uh, some young um, some uh, young businessmen who work for an insurance company, and they're bought, uh, and it's centered around a party at their boss Bernie Bernie Lomax, played by Terry Kaiser in the film in this film, and of course if you know. Maybe you may know of, you know, have a basic understanding of this, of the plot that it, um, where they find that Bernie's character has died and they try to, uh, pretend that he's still alive over the course of a week, over the course of a weekend. Now, many uh, may not realize, I didn't realize this until just recently, it is uh, loosely based off of a novella. You want to tell us a little about that, Mara? Yeah, so I did not know this either until you told me about it, (laughs) that it is loosely based on the Portuguese 1959 novella that was originally published in the magazine Senor. And it was written by Jorge Amado. In the original um, book name was the death, the two deaths of Quincus Waterbray, the double death of Quincus Waterbray. I had to get it right. It's terrible, but they changed it. So it was originally the two deaths of Quincus Waterwell, and then it was translated into English in 1965, where the title was the double death of Quincus Waterbray. And then it was republished in 2012 with a new translation. So I thought that was really interesting and I had no idea. And the premise of the two deaths of Quincus Waterwell or Waterbray is that a man has passed away and his family, he's separated from his family. Um, He used to be a very well-to-do businessman. And then he decided to leave his wife and daughter and go to pretty much be a bum. And he drinks and carouses in the slums of Bahia, which is in Brazil. And when he dies, the family has to take care of his body and they try to hide what he has become and restore some respectability to him. Um, But his friends come and take the body and then kind of party through the town with him, which is, you know, kind of, I think, where they took the snippets of of those scenes and developed Weekend at Bernie. So the book itself is pretty funny. I mean, you know, uh, it's short, you know, it's like not, I think it's like 68 pages. So a novella. So it's, it's 70 pages, pretty short, 70 some and pretty short, but it's, um, pretty funny. Yeah. It was a nice, like little, like witty little adventure. And obviously like with, you know, the concept of both the book and the movie, it's like, it's, you know, rather silly story. So like you had to take it with a grain of salt, but you know, it's good to have, um, to have, uh, you know, some lightheartedness and which is kind of ironic because, you know, both stories center around someone who's died, which doesn't, you know, typically is not a very lighthearted experience or something. But, you know, it's something like one thing I've learned and 
about comedy is that you know they say like almost nothing is off limits and it just depends on the just depends on the approach and the intent of it so you know and you can have even in times of sorrow i guess there's always some humorous moments and obviously they you know especially with the film they accentuate that you know but i just thought it was interesting that how like you know yeah like it is a very the film was very loose adaptation you know wasn't your traditional like adapting something for the screen you know it's kind of they kind of just took the basic concept and extrapolated from it and what i think is amazing is that you know i feel like this is probably you know jorge amato i think is a very popular writer in south america but i would love to know how the screenwriter read this book that i think is very hard to find unless you know something about it (laughs) um right it's not a book people talk about like how they found that and decided oh like i'm gonna spin this in a different way like took those few scenes of his friends parading Quinkus Waterbury through the street and everybody thinks he's alive except like his four or five friends who took his body. Like like even like his girlfriend, for lack of a better word, thinks he's alive. And he kind of becomes this legend of how he died and where he went because he wanted to be buried in the in at sea and not in a casket. And so they toss him overboard, which is kind of funny in the novel. But I'm, it's like fascinating how somebody can take such a small snippet of, I think, kind of a book that you wouldn't find in the mainstream and develop that. So it's really kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it's I found it like fascinating, and obviously, like the film is just very funny, funny because you know because it. Well, we got this, you know, idea because I was watching it just one night because it's one of those movies that's on TV all the time. And I'll like just if there's nothing on again, like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And I was just like clicked it, clicked it on and I was watching it. And then I think I got the and, you know, and I obviously had no idea it was based off. It was based off like inspired by a book and and i looked and i think i had maybe seen an actor in one of the scenes who looked familiar and i'm the kind of person that when you see something on t someone on tv and you don't know where you know them from and i have to like narrow it down and find it out so i like googled weekend at bernie's and pulled up the wikipedia page trying to find out and then i'm reading it and it literally says like loosely based off this so i wound up uh texting you right after and like did you know weekend at bernie's is based off a book we should do it so yeah you kind of went down a rabbit hole to get to that information so it's funny because it's not like yeah. a well-known fact yeah it's, you know so um but i just like you know this is it was a film that was very quintessential 80s had such an 80s feel to it like it's hard to describe like it's like if you're watching tv and a movie from the 80s comes on you just you just know it you may not know the exact year but it's like it just had that 80s feel to it and there was a lot of like real this is like a crazy time it was very uh real um as far as like film and television a lot of like experiments they tried that that filmmakers tried <laughs> and that and the cert certainly wasn't an experiment Experimental type film. Talking about this, like you don't see that in movies today. Like no, <laughs> everybody always said, like when when um Barry is the, Larry. Larry is the character. One character. And who's the other one? Larry and um. Oh my gosh. Richard, Larry Richard, and Richard. Yes. When they were going into their office in Manhattan, like everybody's smoking, like in the building. Like I just thought that was so funny. And we said, like, you used to 
always see that in 80s movies. Everybody smoked. And you never see that today. Yeah. Like nobody's smoking in a movie. And then the references to co-watching this, like I haven't watched this movie in ages because I told you before, like when we were talking, like I didn't realize, remember the plot line of Bernie wanting to kill Larry and Richard and them not knowing it, kind of being the fools to that, thinking they were really there to like be awarded for catching the missing money that... Bernie was actually stealing and the hitmen then in the back end really wanted to kill Bernie. So like, I forgot that whole kind of convoluted plot. And, but the references to cocaine, you know, like Barry Lomax, Bernie Lomax goes to the bathroom and he comes out like two seconds later and he's rubbing his nose. Yeah. It's uh, just so many like different, uh, like different funny things. And, you know, just so many, like, just like, I, like I mentioned, just had an eighties feel to it. Like it's hard to describe, but just a very eighties and, you know, the kind of really, like, I know like it's kind of cliche that people always say is like, Oh, you can't make a movie like this any and anymore or something. But like, it's true. Like this is the kind of movie that you don't really see too many like made, made like this like something based off of such a silly concept and it just uh a very very interesting and i know i i had said to you you know like earlier the kind of the one the parallels like i wonder if it was intentional or not is that you know in the story quincus Bray his initial in, in, in the beginning of his life, his name was Joaquim uh, Dacuna, maybe you're in. He was very business oriented and he worked, you know, what they called respectable and worked for the business of revenue. And then all of a sudden he up and left and he then became this, what they call the champion drinker and a carouser. And I, I wondered like, did they create Larry and Richard in those two likenesses, right? Because the one was very driven and business oriented and, you know, buttoned up and in a suit and tie. And then the other Andrew Carthy's character was, you know, kind of a carouser and into the ladies and wanted, you know, to have a good time and didn't really care about much. And I wondered, like, was that intentional or was that just, you know, what he what they did with the characters? So I kind of wondered about that if if that was intentional or not in the movie. Yeah, that that's a very good point. It didn't really like dawn on me at, at that but you know that could be right like it's funny because um it's kind of like a go-to uh thing in comedy because and i actually i did research on this this is what my what we were at well my thesis paper was on but like the relationship between the straight man and the comedic relief characters because it's a kind of like just a go-to tried and true method uh for comedy where you have one like you know say like the andrew mccarthy character the party or the comedic relief who does you know who does all sorts of things that you laugh at but then you have the jonathan silverman character um who is uh the you know the quote-unquote straight man who you know is more serious and it's funny uh that just because like someone is a straight man doesn't mean that they're not like funny but it's just a very interesting setup and you know we see like going all all the way back to the history of film, like Abbott and Costello and Laurel and Hardy and Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis and, you know, so many like great comedic, uh, comedic duos. And it's, you know, that you still see to today. Like, I don't know, like Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd or something. Yeah. Whoever, uh, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley or something. So it was, um, so you see that, so you see that a lot and where the sh- straight man is used as kind of the character that the audience identifies with. And comedic relief is the one we laugh, we laugh with. So very tried and true method. And the other thing that struck me, intentional or not, was the daughter in the book, in the novella, Vanda, and then the 
hitman, right? So the hitman, and we get in Bernie's, keeps thinking he's killing Bernie, but every time he sees him waving around and smiling, you know, Bernie seems to have this character, this smile set on his face at all times, even though he's dead, which in the book, Quincus Waterbray, they said does too. <laughs> but, you know, the hitman is kind of driven mad because he keeps thinking that I think he he kill he kills him for lack of a better word three times. You know, first he shoots him up with something and plants drugs on him, which is the first time it really kills him. But then when he keeps seeing these guys with their pulley systems and moving them around in the in the uh Porsche go-kart that he thinks he's alive and it kind of drives him mad. You know, you see him choke him and then he leaves in a straitjacket at the end. And I kind of wonder like, is that the parallel to the sister Vanda in the book who during her visitation at the wake keeps thinking Quinkus is saying things to her and smiling at her and making fun of her. And it kind of drives her nuts because even though he's dead, she's ta- he's taunting him, taunting her. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's another very interesting parallel. You were, you did a good job of uh, finding the parallels between them here. So it's, yeah, um, and I don't know if somebody did that yeah. intentional. It has to, it's, to me, it feels intentional, Yeah, um, but I don't know. Listen, yeah. I think quite possibly uh, the, you know, they say like through the film, he has the, like the, the dopey smile because of like the, in, you know, the injection that killed him. It's like, it also gave him that smile and he has the glasses that, you know, sunglasses so no one could see that he's really dead. So very uh, funny. And it's very interesting. Like the actor that plays Bernie is, is like Terry Kaiser. And, you know, it's funny, like it's an interesting performance because like how like you play someone that's dead for most of the movie but like his character is very like even like in the beginning is a very uh, sleazy character sleazy character and obviously like he's involved in some shady things or something so he's not you know and it's funny like the the actor he's not like that really a household name but I do recognize him from a couple things he used to play on uh, the sitcom Night Court he had like a recurring role as the reporter and he was just very like sleazy and trying to like you know all these like going around trying to get the latest scoop and gossip up of the characters on Night Court and then and he was also I think I've mentioned I'm a big fan of the Friday the 13th movies and he was in one of them where he also played a very sleazy character so I just found it interesting that he's a very typecast actor actor there so that is just, funny yeah because I don't remember seeing him in anything no I, I didn't realize you know I didn't realize that he was the same guy from Night Court because <laughs> he's he's wearing sunglasses the whole time so it's hard to recognize him yeah and, he is not somebody that I mentioned that I that I yeah. that I recognize. In fact, I didn't really recognize many people in that movie besides Silverman and Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah, like we mentioned last week, because you know our second straight Andrew McCarthy film, <laughs> right? And yeah, this is like this is vastly different from the Joy Luck Club, <laughs> you know. Yeah, very much different performance in that. I think you know. Um, yeah, this was a good find. This was a good find. I really yeah. thought it was funny, and you know, revisited a movie that I really haven't seen, and I I don't even know how long, but very long time, and a book that I would absolutely have never heard about nor picked up to read, but was really funny. And, you know, I was, when you first read it, I mean, it doesn't get into like what I would call the Bernie Lomax antics, inspired antics until the very end. You know, it's more relational and his family thinking about on him and how he was, you know, they're embarrassed and he was a good man and nobody knows what happens. Um, although, you know, that the mother and the daughter probably drove him away because he was sick of their crappy attitudes. But um, <laughs> like, you don't really get to that Bernie kind of antics 
until the end, which is very quick in there. But it was pretty funny. I enjoyed it. I'm glad you found this one. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. That's that's always a um, really underappreciated gem, you know. It really is. And it's not like the movie, like it's just it's very funny, like which you know, I was surprised like it got like mixed reviews and something like a lot of critics didn't care for it or something. But I've never been one to hold true to critic standards. I always kind of just form my own opinion. Like sometimes I agree with them, sometimes I don't. But this one I would probably disagree with them. I think it's just it's just funny, like it's lighthearted and you know, not everything has to be important yeah. in film. You can have a movie that's just, you know, lighthearted and makes you laugh. And it does. I think uh, the one part that always made me laugh at this is, I think it's towards the end when they're in the boat and Bernie falls out. Oh my God. Of the boat. And like, he's still like tied up to it and he's, his body's bouncing off the bo- the uh, buoys. Yes. And the part that really gets me is when they finally notice it. And, and um, Andrew McCarthy says, he goes, oh, Bernie. <laughs> and that just always made me laugh. This is a, my favorite part, the funniest part of the movie, I think. Just the way he says oh bernie (laughs) it was funny i was really laughing every time he smacked off those buoys i was laughing hysterically i'm like so slapstick and stupid yeah i don't and i don't think for an 80s movie that this one aged terribly like sometimes we'll talk about an 80s movie or you'll see when you think that didn't age well Like either yeah. jokes they're making or, you know, <laughs> things they're saying. But I didn't, I don't, I didn't find that with this one. Like I didn't, yeah. there weren't any references that you thought were the, outdated or that you wouldn't yeah. say, oh God, why are they saying that? That the I can remember. Only one, the only one that like kind of like brief moment that I thought like didn't really age well that, you know, stands out is like when Bernie has like tried to uh, set up um, these two guys to take uh, Larry and Richard to take the fall or something. And he, he says like I think like he it's like the suicide note or something that, that like oh yeah or something and he says like they are gonna get like like gonna get sex changes or yes. something that like they're stealing the money yeah and it's like that didn't really age well in a time you know when right transgender people are you know very yeah. persecuted and that you know so it's not the great you know. That's not the greatest, greatest, but it's okay. You know, yeah. it's okay. It's lighthearted. I said. It was. And they didn't, he was just like, well, why, why, why did he choose me? Why couldn't it have been you? And like, he didn't care about the fact that he said it. He was just like, oh, well, like, yeah. he was just like kind of laughing about it. Like, but I thought that, yeah. But otherwise, like, I didn't think it really, that there was like anything like crazy, you know? I mean, of course the smoking and the cocaine, but they just, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's in every movie that we're going to see that you see yeah. recent ones where they don't smoke. And if they do, it's a fake cigarette. I don't know that they're smoking fake cigarettes then. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. yeah. No, so, you know, now, you know, since then we've learned that cocaine is actually bad for you. you never know. <laughs> and so never knew. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I do. I used to have it on my cereal. So funny. My cocoa puffs. Uh, <laughs> so um, anything else you wanted to discuss or yeah. topic? You know, one thing uh, <laughs> I did want to make a reference to and reference to a previous episode here is that this kind of reminded me of uh, when we did the Will Ferrell film, uh, Everything Must Go, and how that mm. was based off of... Um, Oh, I forget the name of what the very the short story was, and it was like very short. It was only like six pages and really short. So why that don't just, you dance? It was why, why don't, don't you dance? Why don't yes, you dance? that's it. And I thank you. And I said, you know, so it kind of reminded me of that how they took like a basic core concept and expanded on it. So I wanted to point that out. So make sure to listen to that episode too, back in season one, episode six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. 
Yeah, so we'd love to hear from our listeners to know if you've watched Weekend at Bernie's, did you in fact know that it was loosely inspired by uh, the Jorge Amado uh, novel, The Double Deaths of Quincus Waterwell? Yeah. Well, great. Well, I'm so glad you found this one. This was a lot of fun. And until next week, everyone, keep reading. And keep watching. Keep watching.